Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. This is Golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market. More than just your family neighborhood steakhouse. Now with award-winning PGA professional Harold Bluestein. Here's your host, Jason Swigard. Well, if I good morning to you all from lovely Los Angeles, California. I am uh, down here with the pilots uh, playing Pepperdine this afternoon, but Harold is uh, right there. I heard you uh, stole my chair. You've moved into the big boy seat. I, I really did. It was a five, uh, what, about a seven or eight step, you know, up into your chair. Uh, great place, although I can't look outside anymore. I used to look past you uh, to the Willamette River, and now I've got a, you know, there's nobody yeah. over on the other side. Well, to ignore. it's been, been a lifetime of people looking past me, so that's nothing new. <laughs> As I'm we uh, we're starting the show on a depressing note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's no. down there in, in lovely weather at 70, and we're up here in the rain. That's, that's uh, yes. Yeah. It has been sunny and 70. Although there's a few of uh, the marine layer, uh, not yet to burn off here. And uh, if you're watching uh, early round coverage of uh, of the uh, Tory Pines out of Tory Pines, the Farmers Insurance, they got a little fog there. They're supposed to tee, Tiger's supposed to tee off here momentarily, but. Looks like it's uh, in a fog delay, so we'll get to that. We've got a, a jam-packed show there, Harold, and uh, I have put together for you uh, coming up at 8.30 this morning. Uh, our good friend Blaine Seitz from Mobilitas Golf is going to join us. His uh, book, Better Golf from the Inside Out, uh, kind of a, a complete fitness plan for you uh, for the golfer designed for the golfer and i know harold he's been working with you and uh, he's been working you over trying to get you in uh, season shape i am now the latest hard body on 21st street in vancouver uh, uh, oh yeah we need, do we need to call espn the body issue or are you going to be you know doing a uh, um doing their like your sit-ups no, I have gotten some calls though to do a swimsuit issue. Oh, yeah, the other seventy the the out of the closet. Yeah. <laughs> the only unfortunate part is that in post production they had to do, uh, carefully blur out the hair. <laughs> it was, what hair? It was a lot of hair. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, they said, "What the heck? We told you to shave," and Harold just wasn't having it. I didn't reach puberty until I was thirty-seven. <laughs> Well, and your voice is still cracking, yeah, so yeah, we have work to do. It didn't work out well for me. <laughs> uh, but he's going to give uh, everybody some tips, some ideas on uh, either uh, how to start uh, a fitness and workout plan designed for the golf swing or uh, if you're looking to maybe add a little strength or you know want to get a little bit more distance, uh, go uh, the Bryson DeChambeau route, uh, what you need to do to make sure it's effective for you. So we'll check in with him. Uh, there when we ask the pros. Then in the business of golf, 845, our good buddy Mike Perkey, uh, golf writer for the Morning Read, is going to join us, talk a little bit more about the tour. He was really impressed with the field that's come together for the Farmers Insurance, not just Tiger Woods, uh, but Justin Rose is there, Ricky Fowler, um, or excuse me, uh, Justin Spieth is there, and uh, as well as Justin Rose, the defending champion, so thought this was the most significant tournament of the season so far. We'll see if he still feels that way, uh, as well as some thoughts on how the PGA Tour has put the schedule together now that they've in their second season with the uh, PGA Championship, the Players' Championship moved around, what else they need to get right. And we might have some time to ask him what he thinks about these new slow play rules that the PGA has put into place that I still don't understand. So we can talk about that with him as well. Uh, but as always, we start by going inside the ropes. 
It's time for an insider's look at the leaderboards, the latest on all tours, plus local golf events and golf news. This is Inside the Ropes, part of Golf in the Northwest. Three major tours in action this week. Uh, the European Tours Desert Swing continues. They are at Emirates Golf Club in Dubai for the Omega Dubai Desert Classic. Asun Wu of China is your leader at 11 under. Victor Perez of France at 10 under. But then Bryson DeChambeau, fellow American Kurt Kitayama uh, in a group with at 9 under par. Tommy Fleetwood is at 7 under par. So this is one of the uh, premier regular season events on the European Tour there in Dubai. They're all hoping to get back there at the end of the season for uh, their Tour Championship. But DeChambeau, the defending champion, which is why he's there and not in at Torrey Pines this year. Uh, we've heard he's trying to bulk up. He's trying to hit more bombs like Phil. And uh, we'll have to see how this goes. Uh, he's also, uh, you know, got to deal with the new slow play rules back in the States when he gets back. We'll get to those later. But uh, for DeChambeau, he's trying to make that next jump, Harold, to becoming uh, a regular on Ryder Cup teams, always in consideration at, at any tournament he plays in and starting to take his focus on winning majors. Well, he's comparing himself to Brooks Kepka is uh, in a physical uh, way. He's put on 30 pounds of muscle, uh, and he said he's hitting the ball a lot further. Uh, he does hit it pretty darn straight as it is. So if he puts on another 30, 40 yards onto his drive, he's going to have a lot of wedges and into greens. And he feels that that will be the way that he can win some majors. Uh, and so he's going, instead of learning how to hit the ball more accurately or be a better iron player, he's going after the typical approach to golf on tour today, which is hit it far. Hit it far, get close enough so that if you are in the rough, you you can still get to the green. So we'll see how that works for him in 2020. Congratulations to last week's winner, Lee Westwood, uh, 19 under, a two-shot victory at Abu Dhabi. And so Lee Westwood still uh, still trying to hold on. He's been a Ryder Cup uh, fixture for the Europeans for years, but still uh, looking for that elusive major and we'll see if uh, he can muster up enough game to try and be relevant this year. Well, he's 46 years old, uh, two years younger than Phil. I don't think Phil has a snowball's chance of making the Ryder Cup team. But uh, uh, Lee Westwood, with this win, could be a legitimate contender to play for the 11th time uh, at Whistling Straits. So he's pretty excited about the prospect of being on the team again. No question. Now, the LPGA Tour is has the first full-field event. It is a brand-new event. They're in Boca Raton, Florida, for the Gainbridge LPGA at the Boca Rio Golf Club. And some uh, fresh faces at the top of the leaderboard. Madeline Sagstrom from Sweden at 10 under par, looking for her first LPGA Tour win. Carlotta Saganda is the veteran at 9 under, but she hasn't won for a couple of seasons. Then a couple of Americans, Sidney Clanton and Jennifer Song, both had 64s in round two uh, to be right there at 8 under, along with Nasa Hataoka. And that's impressive that she was able to put an 8-under-64 together because she played in a seven-hole playoff that finished on Monday in the Tournament of Champions. Uh, she finally was runner-up to Gabby Lopez, uh, but uh, it was quite a scene there, the Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions to get the season going for the women. Gabby Lopez uh, winning on that seventh playoff hole. It was uh, quite a scene there playing that 200-and-some-odd-yard par 318th over and over. Yeah, that's an interesting format they had for a playoff. Normally, they'll play the 18th hole twice and then go back into the uh, to the 16th hole and go uh, and start from there. But in this case, I think because they were challenged as far as the daylight, they decided to keep playing the 18th over and over again, uh, and then didn't finish until Monday anyway. So. Uh, it, it, to her benefit, or to her uh, as a um, well, credit to her, playing that many times the same hole over and over again and losing and then coming back 
a week later, it, psychologically, that's really has to take a lot out of you. But she's playing well. No question. Those youngsters, though, if you don't go too far down uh, the leaderboard, Jessica Corda, Daniel Kang tied for eighth right now at five under. Christy Kerr, Brooke Henderson, Nellie Corda, Angela Stanford at four under. Lexi Thompson, Pernella Lindbergh at three under, uh, along with Charlie Hole and Jody Eward Shadoff. So a lot of Solheim Cup veterans in there. Uh, we'll see if any of them can put a run together, but uh, for some. Uh, some fresh faces uh, trying to uh, get some get some victories uh, under their belt. They're going to have to hold off a whole horde of veterans and uh, top players to do so. Well, the conditions of the golf course are, have really yielded some some great scores. It's wet. You can go after pins. You don't have to worry about your drive hitting the fairway and bouncing into the rough. Unfortunately for Jessica Quarter, first-round leader, she shot 73 on Friday, and so she's got some some work to make up to get up there. It's good to see that uh, Lexi Thompson is playing fairly well. She's tied for uh, 20th right now, uh, 73-68. I always like to see Lexi do well. And uh, the golf course that is wet, a player of her ability and her strength off the tee should be playing better. And yet she is trailing some of the shorter hitters by, you know, five, six strokes. We'll see if she can put it together uh, on the weekend. That should be an entertaining uh, event. And uh, their coverage will start at uh, noon on Golf Channel. As for the PGA Tour, a familiar uh, stop is Torrey Pines in La Jolla, California, just down the road here. Uh, the Farmers Insurance open. Ryan Palmer won off the uh, tying the course record, 10 under 62 yesterday, 11 birdies. He bogeyed 18, and uh, he's got a two-shot lead over Brant Snedeker, J.B. Holmes and Johnny Vegas there at 7 under par. So you've got a veteran final group today they're playing in threesomes uh once they get started they are in a fog delay this morning but palmer snedeker and holmes uh there should be a pretty comfortable group for those guys uh with all the nonsense uh behind them with uh you've got tiger uh at four under patrick reed at six under uh keegan bradley is at six under as well so some veterans uh, in the mix uh, a star-studded field uh, jordan spieth uh who has been under the radar but he has put two uh, under par rounds together jason day is at four under along with jordan lucas glover at four under and uh, john rahm is at five under so yeah it's it's a great field we'll talk more about that with uh, mike perky later but uh, your first impressions here on what to expect this weekend well there's a couple of things first of all i'm surprised that phil mickelson uh ricky fowler xander shoffley who all played together dragged one another down and didn't none of them made the cut as did uh justin rose last year's uh winner but I think the story this weekend might be that Ryan Palmer, Brant Snedeker are fairly fast players, and they're going to be playing with J.B. Holmes, who, as you remember, is at the heart of the slow play issue when it took him four minutes to play a second shot on his 72nd hole when he was basically out of the the lead. Uh, So I'm wondering how he will face up to the, the new rules. They won't be looking at the entire group. They'll be looking at individual players. And J.B. Holmes has a uh, a reputation for being a, a slow player, and he has earned that reputation. No question. We'll try to explain a little bit more about those uh, slow play rules coming up in a little bit. Last week, uh, Andrew Landry, a uh, PGA winner for the second time, won the American Express at 26 under, but it was uh, dicey. Uh, he had three straight bogeys. He actually blew all of a six-shot lead to Abraham Answer, uh, and then uh, got it back together. So he held off Answer and Scotty Scheffler, who was uh, the uh, number one winner off the Corn Ferry Tour. That guy's going to win a tournament pretty quickly here in his PGA Tour career. But an exciting finish there last week. Congratulations to Andrew Landry. Yeah, he missed seven of his previous eight cuts, uh, or uh, cuts in tournaments. Uh, and has really struggled. It was good to see a player who has struggled for 
quite some time, and he's been a very inconsistent player going back to his college days. But he pulled it together, 32 years old, hung in there, very proud of himself. And so he's looking forward to another victory. He's, this was his second. He'd be looking forward to his third someday soon. But a player who's been out there for a long time, who has found themselves at on the losing end uh, just when they thought they were getting things together and then turning it around and winning and the fashion that he won has got to be a confidence builder. Congratulations to Andrew Landry. There you go. So that's what's going on on the tours here that we'll be uh, keeping an eye on throughout the show. When we come back, though, I'm going to pepper Harold with uh, some of the major questions uh, fans and as well as uh, people that cover the tour have on the PGA Tour. We'll get his thoughts as well. Blaine Seitz coming up at 830 uh, in our Ask the Pro segment. And Mike Perkey from Morning Read will join us in the business of golf. Just getting started here. Harold's in the studio. I'm in L.A. This is uh, Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Jason Swaggart, Harold Bluesteiner with you, 8.17 this morning. Blaine Seitz going to join us in about 15 minutes. Uh, Mike Perkey at 8.45 uh, and to help the conversation along. But uh, as uh, Tiger now, Phil, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth, all these guys uh, in action this weekend uh, at uh, Torrey Pines, and the farmer's insurance, I thought it was an interesting time to kind of really assess now that we get into full-blown PGA Tours uh, coverage every single week. We're not that far away from the players who just announced they jacked up the purse overall. Again, $15 million total, I think $2.3 million now to the winner. So it's a, it's a big deal. But, Harold, I thought I'd uh, just pepper you. Uh, with uh, some questions here, and I, the one on everybody's mind after we saw him at the President's Cup, after he won that Zozo Championship in Japan, is Tiger Woods back? Yeah, I think Tiger Woods for sure is back. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be possible, but the more I watch him, the more I'm impressed with the work he has done. It's been a lot of talk about what he's done in his swing, taking it back to the uh, uh, 1999, 2000, when he was hitting the ball so well and winning so often. Uh, his swing right now looks very similar to that. Uh, I think age has made him a little smarter. Uh, he's still one of the best iron players ever to play the game. And uh, putting quite well. He was complaining quite a bit about the Poana Greens, but uh, buck up, buddy. If one there seven times, you you yeah. can make putts there. So that's not an excuse. But Tiger is definitely back. Uh, I think his uh, his performance at the Presidents Cup was probably more telling than his win in Japan to me personally. I, I thought he played very, very well and carried Justin Thomas right through to, to a couple of victories that Justin Thomas got credit for. But Tiger is definitely back. Will he win this weekend? I don't know. If he's in a playoff and has to play the first hole over and over again, he's not going to win. <laughs> no, no. That was a, a tough four-putt to start things out. Amazing he got that round back under par uh, yesterday after that start. So in contrast now, Phil Mickelson will turn 50 this year. He says he's not done on the PGA Tour just yet. He's going to hold off the Champions Tour for a while, but... Is he is his days as a significant uh, presence and contender for the bigger tournaments and majors done on the PGA Tour? I don't think so. He has lost a lot of weight, and he really looks good. I was surprised. My wife and I were watching it. She said, "Wow, is that Phil Mickelson?" Because we're accustomed to seeing this this doughboy out there, and he looked great. Uh, the problem he's having right now is he just can't find fairways. Uh, one of the two he found yesterday was in the fog, and, and uh, Nick Faldo said, I think he found the fairway because he didn't know where it was, <laughs> So, I, which I thought was hilarious. But Phil can still compete at a high level. Uh, his body doesn't quite keep up. I know with age – it, it can lock up pretty quickly. You got to keep your body warm and in, in the mode of, of swinging, if you stop for a little while, sit down and relax, it could lock up. 
that's a problem he has to face. I think he will deal with that quite well. And I look for Phil as possibly winning a tournament. I know it's been a long time uh, that he has been at the top. What is he, 82nd now in the world uh, ranking? So he's got some work yeah. to do, but I don't think he's done. Uh, we'll stick in the in the major mode. Uh, we saw Ricky Fowler blow a 36-hole lead uh, down there at uh, Susie PGA said, West. Yes, they're tightening up. <laughs> but hey, you know there was a little there's a little buttons here on your screen, and I yes. uh, I hit one of them. That was interesting. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Go okay. for you it. You're right in there. <laughs> Don't don't touch. You're like a little kid. You're like a seven year old. Don't touch the buttons. That was my voice. That was interesting. Uh, There's a whole bunch yes. of Okay. Well, I'm curious what you think. Uh, is this can can Ricky Fowler finally win a major? He blew another thirty six hole lead. He's only won once in ten times when he's had a thirty six hole lead in any PGA tour event. Uh he's probably the most accomplished player out in America that hasn't won a major. Can can he finally do it this year? Yeah, that's tough to say. I'm a Ricky fan, and I know there's a lot of Ricky fans out there, and we'd all like to see him do well. He's a great kid. He's really a great putter. He's going through some swing changes, and he's had some uh, issues with his swing in the uh, in the past uh, where he drops a club a little bit too far inside, uh, and he'll end up flipping it or leaving it dead right. We, we were singing that with Phil yesterday. But I, I think Ricky can win a major. He may be one of those guys that only wins one. Uh, like, a, you know, who else? Uh, Lee Westwood finally won a, a, a tournament, a major. Um, so anyway, let's just wait and see. He's certainly okay. capable. He did not have a good week this week, but he is certainly capable of winning a major. Yeah. And then uh, I think the question everybody uh, has their own answer to, I want to hear yours, is Patrick Reed a cheater? Uh, absolutely, uh, Patrick Reed's a cheater. Uh, there's no question. And you could see it on his face after he was walking down the fairway after what he did. There was a sense of guilt. He should have been disqualified right then and there. Uh, he took advantage of the of the rules uh for his own good and at the expense of the field. And that is grounds for uh, immediate uh, disqualification. Uh, it would be not an issue if he had done it once, although it would have been in my mind. But to, do, to make the same mistake twice in a row, I think is inexcusable. Uh, am I the guy that's going to be in the gallery to yell, uh, Patrick, you're a cheater? No. But I lost a lot of respect for this man, right. and quite frankly, uh, I think the tour missed an opportunity uh, to to make a real example of of uh, Patrick Reed, his attitude about cheating, and the fact that he cheated in the first place. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the tour kind of handles that if he's ever uh, in contention amongst the final groups uh, in tournaments. As we've already seen some hecklers uh, really getting after him. And finally, we saw uh, the tour announcing new uh, procedures for slow play in tour events. These won't go into effect until after the Masters. I think Harbor Town is the first tournament they go into effect, but they're going to be advised. There's a list now of the slowest 10% uh, of players, average shots. Uh, it's it's pretty convoluted. Not that the old rules weren't in terms of what gets you on the clock. Uh, the main thing is it's going to be on individual players now rather than groups. But I just wonder if this is actually going to result in guys getting shot penalties for slow play. Well, we'll certainly have to see. I, I hope so. Uh, 10% of the field uh, would be like 15 players or so. Uh, if that's the case, that uh, I think Bryson DuChambeau is four of those players and uh, J.B. Holmes is six of them. So there's 10 players right there in those two. Uh uh, Duchambeau's playing overseas, so he doesn't have to deal with the, the heat from uh, Brooks Kepka this week. Uh, I would hope that the, that the PGA Tour, even though they don't like to air dirty laundry, I hope they will 
take advantage of this opportunity to show they will address an issue not only for the players but for the fans. And we're all looking forward to to the commissioner doing something and the, the rules officials on site doing something definitive to uh, penalize uh, and fine slow players. Yeah, the fines are not going to be disclosed. They've made that clear. The list is supposed to be confidential. Supposedly not even other players will know who is on the list. Only players who are on the list will be told they're on the list uh, starting at a tournament. So we'll see. Uh, the PGA Tour are always known to overprotect the players when it comes to uh, those sorts of situations. So we might bring a few of these up when we talk to Mike Perky coming up uh, in uh, in 20 minutes or so. But next we go. Uh, we're helping the, with our uh, tips from the pros. Blaine Seitz, uh from Mobilitas Golf is going to join us. Uh, his book, Better Golf from the Inside Out. Uh, getting yourselves, getting workouts, uh, building the body specific to uh, maximizing your golf swing. He's been working with Harold. We'll find out what you guys are working on and uh, where to start yourself if you're looking to get in better shape and have that fitness translate into your golf game. We're making the turn here. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Tips for your game from award-winning PGA instructor Harold Lustein. It's time to ask the pro on Golf in the Northwest. Brought to you on The Fan by Laurelhurst Market. 8.30 here, Golf of the Northwest, Center and Saint coming up following us. We got hoops for you on the fan, 12.30, College Hoops, Tennessee, taking on number three, Kansas, in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. And then at 5 o'clock, it's NBA action. Lakers are at the Sixers. I'll be over on 910 ESPN in Portland later this afternoon, 4.30 pregame, 5 o'clock tip. The Pilots uh, taking on Pepperdine uh, just up the road in Malibu from me. Uh, but right now, very pleased to have returning to the program from Mobilitas Golf, Blaine Seitz, his book, Better Golf from the Inside Out. Blaine, welcome back in. I know you've been working with Harold trying to uh, whip that uh, old body into shape for his uh, golf game. How's it coming and what are you working on? I can't hear him. I can't hear him. Is he there? Well, we're not sure he's there. Uh, so let me tell you what we're, what we're working on. Uh, I started with Blaine about a year ago, and because I was having some back trouble and I and hips, and I felt like uh, the style of swing that I was making. Uh, was really not very good. I, I wasn't very stable in my lower body. Uh, the first time I went to Blaine, uh, he did an assessment of my body, which uh, took about an hour and a half. I could have done it in 10 minutes uh, or less, 30 seconds. And But he did it in about an hour and a half and put me through some real, uh, some balance exercises and tests and some... Uh, just a bunch of physical things. And he said to me, what do you think is your greatest problem in your swing? And I said, Be- I- I'm not moving uh, my my hips and my legs fast enough in my swing. I'd always heard you really got a, you know, power with the, the lower body. And he said, well, based on the the uh, tests that we just did, and he was using K-Vest, which is a, uh, uh, a technical uh, swing analysis program. Uh, he said your hips and your lower body is too fast. So, uh, <laughs> which was completely the opposite of what I thought it was. So then I, I said, okay, well, what do we do? And he started a program. He said, we've got to stabilize your lower body and make it much stronger. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll try one more time. Hopefully, uh, Blaine is there. And uh, he can jump in. Good morning. Welcome in, Blaine. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks so much for having me back. You bet. Thanks so much uh, for being patient with us, uh, Technical. We're in two different locations here. Uh, but Harold was uh, giving us a little rundown on what you've been working on uh, through the Mobilitas uh, golf program. How's he doing, and what's the next step for him? 
Oh, absolutely. Harold has been a champion. You know, it's always amazing when you have somebody come into a program who's excited to do the work and then continues to do the work. Um, and it's really amazing. And I love all the feedback that I'm getting from Harold uh, in terms of letting me know how the program's working, giving me feedback, what exercises are working well, which ones aren't, so that we can make modifications and kind of work together. Um, and the progress that we've seen over these last few months together has been amazing, and he's right on track. And as we're going through these stages, kind of the next piece is adding more layers of strength, uh, both in the, uh, the glute area, the, uh, the scapular control, the core control, and then ultimately in a few weeks the program's going to ramp up to add some speed protocols as well, which I'm really excited for. Yeah, ramping up kind of scares the hell out of me. I can tell you that my my feedback to Blaine, I've had to edit the four letter words out of it because there's there's times he had me going seven days a week, uh, and I just I was a mess, and I so I I had to uh, contact him and say, give me some recovery time here, will you? I'm, uh, you're killing me. So the new the new training program's working quite well. The Blaine. You mentioned that there's steps involved for the average player who is interested in in a program like yours. Where would they start? How do they think about, you know, uh, where to start and what the steps are going forward? Absolutely, and that's that's a great question. And I think understanding that process is the first step for any golfer. And the first thing that I do with somebody who's coming into a program is to take some time to get to know each other and what their goals are, any kind of background that I should know about, what kind of sports they played growing up, do they have any injuries, is there anything that I should know about. And then typically everybody will go through some kind of an assessment to look at their mobility and their range of motion and just their capacity to move in general. And then the goal is to kind of bridge that gap. Here's where you're starting from. Here's what you, where you're headed and where you want to go to. How are we going to get there? And typically that process uh, follows what I call my PRT speed model that I wrote about in my new book where basically we want to attack the mobility segments of the body, make sure that they can move properly. And then we want to add rotational strength and hand-eye coordination and really train the nervous system to be able to perform. And then we start adding the speed layers so that they can move more efficiently and the whole time that we're going through this process we're also talking about things like the wellness side nutrition hydration and sleep and then also just having a good positive mindset for growth making sure that we're in the headspace to do the work each day and not get too overwhelmed with it and everybody's going to be on a little bit of a different journey which is why it's so important that we spend time working together to get to know what those specifics are so that I can make sure that it's something that you can stay successful with over the long haul. Because we both know it's not just going to happen overnight. Yes, we can see change and we can see gains within our very first session. But for those gains to last, it's really about how do we make this a consistent lifestyle change and just do something that takes 15, 20, 30 minutes a day, maybe three to five days a week for the really adventurous ones. We can go more. But really, if you're doing the right things in the right order, it shouldn't take that much time because consistency will trump variety when you're doing it with the right mindset. Well, let's take, for instance, and you mentioned that it's a very personal thing. You're working from the inside out. Oftentimes, players think, well, if I get a new set of clubs or if I change my golf swing or do something different in my swing – I'll be able to hit the ball like Brooks Kepka, and quite frankly, your body can't do that and may never be able to do that. So working with a trainer like yourself is is, is so important. Uh, I'd like to ask you a question about my co-host who has lost uh, about <laughs> 10 pounds now and is on a weight loss program. He's uh, He wants to be something other than the old Phil Mickelson doughboy. What What's the next step he should do once he has achieved his weight loss goal? Absolutely. And that's, that's a really great question. And you bring up a great point. Just coming out of the PGA show this last week, there's club manufacturers everywhere. They have amazing products. And, yes, they're going to help your game. But, really, it's about how you can become a better athlete to swing those products. 
And one of the things that we see with people, whether they're on a program like mine or they're doing some things on their own, and maybe they're going through a weight loss journey, is physiologically and neurologically, when you lose a bunch of weight, your body and your mind are not the same as they were before you lost that weight. And so the the space that you take up in the world, if you will, has changed. And it's really a matter of how do you use your body in new ways. It's about how can we expose ourselves to different exercises and, and different capacities so that now that the weight is off, especially taking the stress off the joints and the muscles and making sure that we're not sore, we can increase that capacity. And so the first thing I'd ask Jason is what his goals are. Is it strictly to create a new physique and, and do some body bodybuilding-style programs, or is it to swing faster? Is it even for golf in general? And, and really knowing that can dictate those next steps. So I'll, I'll turn it over to you real quick, Jason. Now that you've lost this weight, which first and foremost, congratulations on doing, because that's not easy. What are your specific goals? And I can kind of tailor to your situation yeah well initially we were trying to just uh, it got too much in right around the belly and and that sort of thing is just this extra weight so we're trying to get down somewhere around 180 pounds starting from 215 so one just general health uh and relieving that pressure off joints and hips and knees and and just you know uh, feeling fresher about myself as well from there um then you know, just seeing then if that allows me, you know, then I would start more of a specific, you know, whether it's your program, something like that. What would I want to do? Stretching. Flexibility isn't great right now, so stretching and getting more of that rotational to try and just increase swing speed without necessarily, I don't feel the need to bulk up uh, at any point, just wanting to, to tone up and be more effective at, at a lesser weight. Okay, awesome. And this, this is awesome. This is actually exactly what I talked about on the TPI stage just two days ago, is how can we become faster and stronger without getting bulkier or having to change our swing? And the first thing that people who maybe want to go on this weight loss journey or whatever it happens to be should understand is when you have excess weight on your body, it's not like that weight is perfectly aligned with your center of gravity. It's not like we get fat along our spinal column, if you will. It typically protrudes out away from our body. And a big belly takes our, our center of mass and puts it in places that it shouldn't be. And so we end up compensating for that. And simply the act of standing up uses muscles in a way that it doesn't necessarily it's designed for just to get good posture. And so when we start to lose that weight, we start to experience those imbalances, if you will, of now we don't have to compensate for that weight. So the first step is having some kind of a morning practice, something you can do three to five minutes in the morning, reset your posture, make sure your body is aligned so that you can move well and be encouraged to move well throughout the day. And something like the power warm-up that I teach with all of my students is a great way of doing that in, in the same way that we hear research says first thing in the morning, if you make your bed, you're more likely to make better choices and, and be productive throughout the day. Going through a three to five minute morning mobility practice will fire you up to say, okay, because I've already moved, because I'm feeling better, I'm going to drink more water. I'm going to eat more healthy. And all these decisions start to compound on that first thing that you did throughout your day then sprinkled in throughout the day because your mobility is better, your range of motion is better, your posture is better, you can start adding some aerobic and anaerobic type exercises, even if it's just a few minutes here or there, going out for a little walk every uh, hour, two hours when you're at work just to get the heart rate up, get the blood flowing. Maybe you stop at the gym on your way home or you do some exercises um, in your living room. If you have simple equipment that you know how to use, the sky's the limit. And once you're able to create that better posture and then strengthen yourself with that new posture, then you're going to find that your ability to produce speed has already increased, even though you haven't done anything, because you're one, you're more efficient, and two, you've removed yourself of, of excess effort, if you will. There you go. Blaine Seitz, 
Mobilitas Golf, mobilitasgolf.com. That's M-O-B-I-L-I-T-A-S, golf.com. Uh, we always love having you, and we'll have to get you back once I've uh, got all that weight down. Then we'll have to uh, get you back and uh, let everybody else know maybe some more specific sort of things that you can do uh, to unleash that golf swing uh, inside of you. We always appreciate it when you stop by. Thanks so much, and uh, we can't wait to catch up with you again. Awesome. I really appreciate that, guys. Jason Harold, it's always a pleasure. And for anybody listening, if you do want some more of those specifics to kind of fill in the gaps, you go to my website. I have a book. It's free to download. And then you join my community on Facebook, the Mobilitas Movers. I put out free coaching content every day to help kind of get you started. And then if you want to learn more, we can always talk and get something specific set up for you. There you go. Blaine Seitz, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Great, great stuff. I know, Harold, you're, uh, d- despite uh, him uh, getting after you there, I know you're uh, pleased with the results so far. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm thrilled. I'm swinging the club better. Uh, I feel stronger physically. Uh, so in in my core, like he said, my glutes are activated. So that, uh, Tiger and I have that in common. Uh, and I thought your center of mass was in your head, so. Or, <laughs> but uh, no. it's good to see that we're going to get the center of mass uh, down a little lower. Get it right where it needs to be. <laughs> so can, thanks to him, uh, we're going to take there a quick. There were two things there that need to be noted. One, Harold's comment about the massive head, which is a little unnecessary, <laughs> and then him comparing himself to Tiger Woods. <laughs> oh yeah, you see, you got to let those just go. <laughs> It's, I'm I've sitting learned, in Swag's just, chair. That's why yeah, I'm taking speaking on Speaking of whose head is role. giant right now. <laughs> hey, uh, let's take a quick break because I want to have time, plenty of time for Mike Perky, uh, golf writer with Morning Read. His podcast is Hawk and Perk, talking about the uh, farmer's insurance, the field in this event, maybe a little bit about the schedule and some other things, uh, slow play rules as well uh, on the PGA Tour as we wrap things up here. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Which new driver is best for your game? Who makes the best golf gear? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the business of golf. Every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080, The Fan. 847 air this morning. Jason Swigard, Harold Bluestein with you. Center and Saint coming up following us. But uh, now joining us uh, on the line, very pleased to welcome back to the show, Mike Perky, golf writer for The Morning Reads. You can check out his podcast, Hawk and Perk, with uh, Mike Hawkins there, all sorts of uh, great stuff. But, uh, Mike, uh, I caught your article leading into the Farmers Insurance Open this week at Torrey Pines in uh, you said it's the most meaningful event on the calendar so far uh, on the PGA Tour this year, even though it's at the end of the Jan- uh, January. And I was curious what led you to come to that conclusion so early in the uh, 2020 calendar season. Thanks for having me on. Uh, the biggest reason first is that Tiger Woods is in the field, but besides that, I, I think there are five of the world top ten in the field. Uh, not to mention, you know, Ricky Fowler and Jordan Spieth and Xander Shoffley, and uh, the field is terrific. And uh, there are a couple of reasons I believe that that's the case. You know, it used to be that the tour didn't officially begin in the players' eyes until they reached Florida. But with a new wraparound schedule, by the time you get to Florida, the season's almost halfway over. And guys just don't want to start so far behind in the in the FedEx Cup points race, and believe it or not, they do want to win the FedEx Cup. <laughs> Fifteen million still spends, uh, and, you know, and they don't want to hit Florida five or six hundred points behind in the FedEx Cup race. So, and besides that, and there's one more reason: Torrey Pines is hosting the U.S. Open next year. So I imagine that a lot of these guys want to see Torrey that they haven't seen in a few years and update their yardage books and, and you know, get the correct lines off these and things like that. So you know, a confluence of and, uh, and Torrey is tournament this week. 
So, Mike, uh, you've got to be a little disappointed, though, if you watched uh, Phil Mickelson, Ricky Fowler, and Xander Shoffley, three really top players uh, who were making this field really bright and something worth watching, and, and they didn't make the cut. Xander Shoffley is the most curious one of the three. He's a San Diego native, grew up in La Jolla, must have played Troy Pines 100 times or more. He never played there very well there. He, he says it's a hard golf course, and I don't know what it is, uh, but don't have success there. Uh, Mickelson is another story entirely. He has a lot of success there. And he said the other day in front of the media that, you know, he's still getting a lot of bombs, and that's why he's not preparing for the PGA Tour championship. You know, I can't help but wonder if maybe he should be there for the PGA Tour champions. I don't. I don't know that he's going to be competitive like he used to be. Ricky Fowler is just ignorant rather than a real. I don't understand Ricky Fowler at all. For a guy who has putting stroke that's so universally lauded by people in the business, he just never makes very many important putts, it seems to me. So, you know, those are all, all those guys. Mike Perky is our guest, uh, golf writer with The Morning Read, his podcast, Hawk and Perk with Mike Hawkins. Uh, getting back to the schedule a little bit, now that uh, they've had a chance to go through uh, one time with moving the players in the PGA Championship further up in the calendar, uh, how close are they to getting it right from start to finish, and where are the pieces uh, that they need to address uh, I, I look at it, I think now the, the world match play event is horribly placed uh, so close to the Masters, and some of the wraparound schedule where some, some regular tournaments got squeezed out are in odd spots. Where do you think the PGA now needs to address focusing on honing in the schedule? Well, guys, I, I still don't think they've got it right. I I just believe that having – the PGA Championship in August and the Players' Championship in May, I just think that makes better sense. It spreads the majors out a little more and it addresses some of the situations that you just described. Uh, this compacted major schedule, you know, it seems like it's over in about 20 minutes. And and this year, uh, the schedule is especially difficult uh, because of the Ryder Cup and the Olympics. So, you know, I don't know what they're going to do, but I still don't think they've got it right. Spreading out the majors and, and keeping the Players' Championship in May, I think that makes it better. Um, but the tail end of the schedule this year is going to be problematic, and I just, I really don't know what to do about that. Well, if the tourist not hasn't quite figured that out, do you think they're going to figure out slow play? Oh, my goodness, no. Um, they should just give up, throw up their hands, and say, you guys take as long as you want to play. You know, you're playing for a two, almost a $2 million first prize every week. I don't think guys, I don't think they can do anything about it. If, they, if they're really serious about doing something about slow play, they'd be hitting guys with one and two shot penalties every single week so that there, it would be a deterrent. Uh, guys, players would know that the tour is serious. You know, but what they're doing – what Dancing around this thing is not going to, you know, make it any better. I mean, this, it's, it's an illusionist act. You know, you're going to see something you think you see, but it's not really there. Um, it, it's just, it's not going to happen. The slow guys never think they're slow, and the fast players think everybody else is slow. <laughs> Don't I know? <laughs> I'm a fast player, and I can't believe it. Me too. How slow play, players oh, play. Oh, my goodness. You know, we've been beating our heads against the wall on this for years. And, you know, the criticism is that that recreational players take their cues mm -hmm. from the pros. And, you know, I don't think that's necessarily true, except, you know, if you play public, go public golf like I do, you know, you don't want to be behind the guys who are taking six practice swings and lining up putts from three different angles. 
No question. Uh, Mike Perky is our guest. And I guess in that regard, uh, we've seen uh, they're going to also implement this on the Corn Ferry Tour, and they're more likely to go ahead and issue penalties. I'm thinking there there's less repercussions, although the tough part is they don't have as many rules officials on the courses in those events to go and actually get guys on the clock. We've seen some events on the European Tour that actually have a shot clock uh, involved with them. Uh, is is that something that's even possible with the PGA Tour, or were the player pushback uh, for public shaming just be too much for them to, to stomach? Oh, it'd be too great. I think that that tournament was in Denmark, and I watched some of that, and it was fabulous. I, I thought it was terrific. The crowd got into it, and the players played fast because they knew that clock was sitting right there for everybody to see. Uh, I'd love to see it happen on the PGA Tour, but there's absolutely less than zero chance of it happening. The players would hate it. Uh, they would raise so much cane that it wouldn't even be considered. But but I'd love to see it. Mike Perky is our guest. We'll get you out of here on, on this. What are you looking for? A fog delay right now out there at uh, Torrey Pines. But uh, who are you looking at to come through this weekend uh, and win the Farmers Insurance Open? Well, I'll tell you what, guys. The guy I'm looking at the most is uh, Brant Snedeker. He's won there twice. He knows his way around the south course. Uh, he's got the perfect putting stroke for Poana Greens. He's got the pop stroke. The ball gets on top of the grass. Instead of being buried down in it, there's less chances. It starts hopping around. And uh, I think he's got the problem solved, and he feels very comfortable. And uh, I, I think that's your guy. That go. That'd be his tenth career victory on the PGA Tour if he can pull it off. Mike Perky, golf writer, morning read. Check out his podcast, Hawk and Perk, uh, with Mike Hawkins. There. Thanks so much for coming back on the program. Uh, we always love uh, chatting with you, and hopefully, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for having me on, guys. There you go, Mike Perky. Uh, look for Brant Snedeker if he can get that uh, little pop stroke uh, when the uh, Poana Greens get bumpy late in the afternoon. Could well, it's interesting his, uh, that uh, I, I wouldn't teach that pop stroke uh, to most people, and we play on Poana Greens here in the Northwest quite often. So uh, I don't know what the condition of those greens are down at Torrey Pines. I would assume it's the same kind of Poana Greens we have up here. But uh, the guy who can make putts, and Snedeker can, is most likely going to be the one who wins that tournament. They're uh, shooting uh, to start the round today in about uh, 10 minutes or so, 9.05 after the fog. Thanks, as always, uh, Blaine Seitz and Mike Perky for joining us this morning. Uh, thanks to Will Darkin, Center and Saint up next. Uh, have fun, Harold. I'll be back in the studio next Saturday. Oh, I can't wait to see your smiling face at 8 o'clock uh, in the morning. There you go. We'll talk to you next Saturday. For Harold, I'm Jason. Hit him straight. It's not right. like he's just sitting around sleeping all day. So I'm sure they had her out beating balls until the, the, the yeah. cows came There will be flogging. Fiji's in Europe. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.